proposing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Today on Church and State, Part 2 with Bill Federer. Hello, Christian Patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren, your favorite far-right shock jocks and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. The show that's brave enough to take the oil and water subjects of faith and politics, put them together with Jesus smack dab in the middle. Yes, indeed. Hey, everyone, go on over to churchandstate.media. If you missed part one, you have missed a lot. So get on there, download that one, and share both of these. Because uh, as I said in, in part one, uh, this is a, a just a phenomenal history lesson. And it's going to give you the tools, the education, to be able to defend uh, not only your faith, but also your nation. Uh, also, take advantage of all of our fine affiliates. Uh, if you like meat as much as I do, you're going to want Grid Down Chow Down because this is freeze-dried beef, 10 to 15-year shelf life. You just add water to it, and you're ready to rock. And this is aged beef. It was hung, so you're not getting water weight. This has been completely hung, and so what you get is tenderized meat that was organically uh, grass-fed, and no chemicals, none of that, So, and then price per pound. If you spend the $750, you get the biggest package as far as uh, what they have to offer. You're going to get the same price as this garbage they sell on Amazon. Um, so go big or go home and save some money. Yeah. Go to griddownchowdown.com. Use that promo code church and state, and you will get a discount on that as well as we'll get some of that money. You can also donate directly to us. Just hit that donate button on our page that keeps us on the American Christian network. And if you want to get a hold of us, church and state 1776 at proton.me. So part two, like here, here's the thing. Those of you who are listening to this, please listen to part one. We have Bill Federer, one of the foremost, I would say, uh, educated people on the condition and history of our nation. Um, he's been on various documentaries. We actually have um, had the privilege of hearing him speak for Charlie Kirk events, Turning Point Faith. Um, so you see him on a regular basis. Um, those of you who are from Spokane, he's visited our church and, and been a speaker there. But we are going to tee off right where we left off. I had a very, very long-winded question. It left us uh, literally up to the last second. But in a nutshell, Bill, we just want to know, was there a people besides Martin Luther who protested um, that we can follow as an example today? Because we see egregious things happening, leaving the constitutionality of our own president running. Uh, how do we, because we think, you know, how do we do anything as far as change the tide? Right. Well, uh, the word citizen uh, is different than the word subject. So kings have subjects and you're subjected to the king's will. A citizen is, it means co-ruler, co-sovereign, co-king. And so uh, in New England, you had uh, citizens. No matter of fact, uh, it goes back to church government. So um, you had the Reformation and you had these reformers looking back to the pre-King Saul period, and it was at the assembly of the Israelites. And so in the New Testament, Jesus says, upon this rock, I'll build my church. The word he used is ecclesia. Ek means out of, ecclesia means a calling. In Athens, they had 6,000 citizens, and they would call them out of their homes to the Agora marketplace, and they would all deliberate and get involved in fixing the walls and the navy and taking care of the kids. And so Jesus says, upon this rock, I'll build my ecclesia, I'll build my church, I'll build my body. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a 
be a part, an eye, an ear, a foot. Everybody does something. And so this turned into the congregational form of church government, where the church members are involved in the ministry. Uh, and so the congregational model was adopted by the Baptists, the Presbyterians, the uh, Quakers, later the Congregationalists, and, and these different denominations. In the congregational model, the pastor's main responsibility is to help everyone to have their own relationship directly with God the Father through Jesus Christ that died on the cross to pay for their sins. And then the pastor coaches each individual to become a mature Christian, learn how to read, and read through the Bible every year yourself and pray every day and plug into the body and do something because everything that's alive takes in and gives out for every muscle to grow it has to be exercised you don't just hear a sermon it can be the best sermon in the world but you don't just hear it you you get filled with the word filled with the holy spirit and then put yourself in a position where there's a need right nursery children's church junior high outreach something and then the holy spirit will flow through you enlighten the word and will use you to meet the need love the unlovable rescue those unjustly sentenced to death defend the defenseless clothe the naked feed the hungry right and uh and so this congregational model is where the pastor trains the saints to do the work of the ministry the king of england did not like that he liked the hierarchical model where you had clergy laity the clergy does all the ministry and the lady is lazy and watches them in this hierarchical model the king is at the top followed by the archbishop of canterbury and archbishop of york and the deaneries and vicars and curates and rectors and your relationship with god is through this vertical structure now, this is why I did not like the COVID response so much, because it was changing church structure. Instead of the body meeting and you're in the lobby of the church, maybe having coffee, and the older woman sees the younger woman, she looks a little frazzled. What's wrong, honey? Oh, the kids are sick and the husband's job. And, well, let me pray for you. And, and then the, the older man sees the younger man and says, hey, we got this men's Bible study. Why don't you come and join? And there's ministry taking place without the pastor having to do it all. The body is doing it. Water seeks its own level. You get somebody filled with the Holy Spirit around somebody with the need, and the Holy Spirit will meet the need. And, and um, so this congregational model, when COVID happened, they said, don't meet, just watch a sermon on your screen. It can be the best sermon in the world, but you're taken in, but you're not given out. What are you going to witness to your pillow? <laughs> and so the King of England liked the hierarchical model. And he did not like the congregational model. And he said, I will make them conform themselves or else I will harry them out of the land. I mean, I could get into it. The king even did not let you make up your own prayers because you couldn't make up one that's wrong. So all the possible prayers were written down in a government book called the Book of Common Prayer. If you like praying, just open it to the right page and read the prayer. And if you're caught praying and with a small group, making the FBI, their version of it, will kick in the door and will drag you away to the star chamber. It's a room in the government with stars on the ceiling. It's like a January 6th hearing room. And they'll twist your arm and brand you on the face as a heretic and cut off your ear and then put you in a cell where you'll rot away for weeks and months and years. And uh, someone that had this happen was John Bunyan. He had a Bible study, didn't have it approved by the government. They were making up their prayers. He spent 12 year, years in that J6 cell, and that's when he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, Scotland, they had conventicles, small groups that covenanted themselves together. And when the uh, king sent up the Book of Common Prayer, 
It was in St. Giles Cathedral. And the first time that they, the minister opened the Book of Common Prayer and began to read out of it, a woman, a market woman named Jenny Geddes, she hurls her three-legged stool and it whacks into the minister. <laughs> oh, wow. and, stuff and it starts the bishop's war. And so the government sends the police, the soldiers to these churches to force the pastors to read from the Book of Common Prayer. Well, these pastors said, hey, church, let's just meet in the field. The government sends their armies into the fields and chases them down and then kills them. It's called wow. the killing time. And so you had same way Nebuchadnezzar says, when I blow my trumpet, you bottom my statue. And so these were the people that fled. And so you have the pilgrims fleeing from England to Holland. And then after 12 years, they fled to America. They were going to go to Jamestown and submit to the king's government. They realized Jamestown was a king-run colony with the Anglican church, but they figured they're 3,000 miles away and the king wouldn't notice. Well, they get blown off course in a storm on their way over the ocean, and they land in Massachusetts. They try sailing south, but it's shallow off the coast, coast of Cape Cod. 3,000 ships have sunk there. It's called the Graveyard of Ships. And so pilgrim ship in a storm almost sinks. The captain goes back to Plymouth Rock and says, everyone off the boat. And the pilgrims are like, we have a question. Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to tell us what? The, there's 102 of us in this boat, and nobody is designated by the king to be in charge. We can't just get off and be lawless. They do something unique. It's called the Mayflower Compact. We, in the presence of God, covenant ourselves together into a civil body politic. You have a church group covenanting itself into a civil body politic, right? They took their covenant church form of government and they made it their civil form of government. This was a, a polarity change in the flow of power on planet Earth. Instead of top-down rule by kings through fear, it's bottom-up rule by we, just 102 of us. We're covenanting ourselves together. We're going to pass laws and submit to them. And so uh, at this time in the world, you had... 5,000 years of Chinese emperors, Japanese emperors, Indian Maharaja, Raja means king, Maha means great, Russian czars, Muslim sultans, African chieftains, or, you know, Persian shahs, um, kings of Spain, France, and Austria. The whole world is kings. And here you have this little experiment going on where in New England, you have churches covenanting themselves into civil body politics. And so... Uh, one of the quotes from John Winthrop, he said, this love among Christians is a real thing necessary to the body of Christ. We ought to account ourselves knit together by this bond of love. We must make one another's condition our own. Rejoice together, mourn together, labor and suffer together. We shall find that the God of Israel is among us. And so they're saying, look, we're going to covenant together and take care of each other. So you get blessings from God and you voluntarily share them with your neighbor because you're doing it as unto God. It's not socialism where the government involuntarily takes away your stuff and redistributes it to its supporters. <laughs> no, this is where you get personal stuff and then you or have voluntary opportunities to show on the outside the love of God that's on the inside. Oz Guinness said covenantal ideas in England were the lost cause, but they became the winning cause in New England covenant-shaped constitutionalism. The American Constitution is a nationalized, secularized form of covenant 
covenant lies behind constitution, and the word federal is Latin for covenant. We have a covenant form of government in America where we, the people, rule ourselves bottom up, not ruled by a king, a dictator, or a president top down through mandates. And so you had a unique situation where pastors in New England and their churches were founding cities. A pastor, John Lothrop, and his church founded Barnstable, Massachusetts. A pastor, Roger Williams, and his church founded Providence, Rhode Island, and the First Baptist Church in America. Uh, Reverend Thomas Hooker and his church founded Hartford, Connecticut, and the First Congregationalist Church in America. This is unique on the planet. And so um, uh, there's a plaque there that says, Here ministered Thomas Hooker, a peerless leader in New England thought and life in both church and state. Wow. Another plaque, Thomas Hooker, uh, leader, statesman, preacher who based all civil authority on the free consent of the people. And so he gave a sermon. He says, instead of it being top down through kings, it's bottom up through we, the people. And um, the foundation of authority is laid in the free consent of the people. Uh, so the kings of Europe did not ask the people for their consent. Uh, you obeyed them because they have a big army. And so the idea of government from the consent of the governed came from the church. Interesting little trivia. They believed in God's elect, right? Peter writes a letter to, to God's elect scattered throughout the different provinces. It says in Mark, uh, in the last days, none will survive except, you know, the, for, the, for the elect's sake, God will shorten the days. All right, so the elect will survive. But it's got this concept of the elect. And so in New England, they said, well, God has elected somebody to be the pastor. He's chosen somebody. He's designated somebody. And the church members are supposed to fast and pray. And then in 1629, it was the very first time that the church members wrote the name of who they thought was God's elect to be the pastor. And they put the, the piece of paper in the hat and they pulled it all out and they called it something. It's called an election. Mm -hmm. The first election in America was this church in 1929 trying to decide through the people being involved who they thought was God's elect. And we know there's the requirements, those that hate covetousness and they're honest and you can't bribe them. And, and so um, anyway, so, so this is the 1600s. This is a very uh, monumental period of world history where you come up with People ruling themselves without a king, covenant form of government drawn from the Bible, that first 400 years out of Egypt before King Saul, everybody had to participate. Uh, they had one building in each town called the meeting house. This is where the pastor would teach the Bible, and it's where they would gather together and do their city business. The word synagogue means meeting house. That's where the rabbi would teach the law, and that's where they would gather together and do their city business. Why build a separate building just to talk about a different topic? So when the Revolutionary War starts, the British send over a military governor, Thomas Gage, and he outlaws meeting houses. Democracy is too prevalent in America. We don't need the people meeting and giving their consent. You just obey government mandates. And we're like, no, nothing happens in America unless we give our consent to it. And he's like, no, you obey government mandates. You're a robot. You're a zombie. When the government mandates it, you jump. And we're like, no, nothing happens in America unless we give our consent to it. And it turns into a tug of war, turns into a revolutionary war, and we win. And we set up a government where it's we, the people, government from the consent of the governed, not some president ruling through mandates top down. 
And so this period of the 1600s is revolutionary. And it turned into the form of government that we have. Can I ask you a quick question, Bill? Can I ask you a quick question? So is it fair to say that the culture was already geared toward self-rulership? Because a lot of people think this just light bulb went on and they decided, hey, let's let's live this way. But this this had been a process starting all the way from Plymouth Rock, correct? Yeah, well, uh, the English did have a 15-year American experiment. It's called the English Commonwealth. So in 1640, they had a civil war in England. They chopped off the king's head, Charles I, and they had Oliver Cromwell and the, the long parliament, and they ruled themselves, and it worked until Oliver Cromwell died, and they couldn't hold it together, and they brought back Charles II, the son, and they reinstituted the monarchy. But it was a 15-year experiment that basically America just took that experiment and we kept it going. So the ideological foundations for America started by these Puritans, these Presbyterians, these uh, you know Congregationalists, the, the Protestant reformers over in England. That's where Os Guinness said you know, the covenantal ideas were the lost cause in England, but they were the winning cause in New England because we had a 3,000-mile ocean because we had a century of practicing self-government. And once France got in the war, British had to stretch its military around the world instead of just focusing it on us. And so we had this window in time where we were able to break away and set up a government where it's we the people rule ourselves. And um, so the, the 1600s, it got a little dry after a century. And in Yale, Harvard, this covenant plan, as good as it is, it got a little dry until it was only a plan. And David Brainerd got expelled from Yale because he said his professor was as spiritual as a chair. And the Yale students were reprimanded because they were going into the town at New Haven and presenting the gospel to strangers in pubs. You're only supposed to present the gospel in church, wearing the black robe in a real formal set. And so uh, they were nicknamed Old Lights. And so in the 1700s, you have the New Lights. And they emphasized it's more than a plan. It's a personal experience with Jesus. And when your life your life will change. And then once it changes, you're not going to do worldly things anymore. Like go to bars and brothels and loot theater and get involved in government. Wait, what, what's, what's that last thing? Yeah. So let's take this apart. 1517, Martin Luther starts the Reformation. He has a personal revelation that just shall live by faith, stands up to the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V, and says, unless you can prove me wrong from Scripture, here I stand, so help me God. Very personal. But some German princes want to break from Rome, and they say, this is my chance, kingdom of mine, I just decided you are all now Lutherans. And the people are saying, okay, we're Lutheran. What do we believe? So for the people in the kingdoms, it's not the same personal belief Martin Luther had. Right. It's just a new doctrine. So a revival movement starts called pietism. They said, being a Christian is more than doctrine. Even if it's good doctrine, you have to have an experience with Jesus. And when you do, your life will change and you won't do worldly things anymore like bars and brothels and government. And it turned into the German concept of the two kingdoms, the kingdom of the church, the kingdom of the government, the two don't touch. There were even German princes that would donate money to the pietists so they would teach their people not to get involved. Sort of like today, we have the Soros and the Rockefellers right. donating money to both pastors to have uh, after-party after you know, curriculums to teach people not to get involved. And four centuries of that teaching in Germany allowed Hitler to put Jews on train cars, and they're going right past the church, crying out for help. 
And the church's response was, well, that's the government doing that. And we're the church and we can't get involved in government stuff because of their circle and our circle. So let's just sing praise songs to Jesus louder. Can anybody see there's something wrong with that picture? And so my attitude is, why can't there be a middle of the road? Uh, Yes, a covenant form of government where we get to rule ourselves and a personal experience with Jesus. And in other words, it is a personal experience with Jesus, but don't you want your kids to have a chance to have a personal experience with Jesus? Because if you don't get involved, what they're teaching the kids today is there is no God. And if he does exist, he is messed up. He is so confused. He's putting men in women's bodies, and you have to have operations to fix it. And he's made a mistake with you, and you got to fix it. And and he's either powerless or confused, or worse yet, he's sadistic. And if that behavior is not sin, sex outside of marriage, right? These little books, oh, try all these different sexes with anybody and everybody. If sex outside of marriage is not sin, arguably there are no sins. And if there's no sins, you don't need a savior. And so while you're sitting back and joining, not you, but those that don't want to get involved, we just preach the gospel. Yeah, it's like while you're enjoying your own personal relationship with God, you're letting the country turn into a place where your kids won't be able to have a personal relationship with God. So the most important thing is to bring people to Christ. But the second most important thing is to preserve the freedom to do the most important thing. And then the last thought, if I have a minute or two, is uh, to those that think they're being spiritual by just focusing on the gospel and not getting involved, what do you do with Numbers chapter 30? It's the silence equals consent chapter in the Bible. Half a dozen scenarios. One is if a daughter's still living in her father's house in her youth and binds herself with a vow, and the day the father hears it, if he is silent, her vows stand. But in the day he hears, if he disallows it, she's released from the vow. That's come down to us as vows in a wedding ceremony. And the pastor tells the church members, if you're silent when you hear these vows, you're giving your consent. Right? Speak now, forever hold your peace. It's called the rule of tacit admission, T-A-C-I-T. And it's in debt collection law. You think somebody owes you money, you'll wait 10 years to try to collect? The judge will say, well, you're past the statute of limitations. If you really felt they owed you money, you would have not been silent for 10 years. It's in trademark law. Somebody's copying your trademark and you're silent. The judge will say, well, you're silent. You you knew about it. You didn't do anything. You didn't defend it. They get permission. Real estate law. If you have a piece of property and somebody's squatting on it and you're not trying to evict them or charge them rent, they can gain title to the property through adverse possession. It's even in our U.S. Constitution. Article 1, Section 7, Congress passes a bill, puts it on the president's desk. Quote, if any bill shall not be returned by the president within 10 days, the same shall be a law in like manner as if he had signed it. All the president has to do is let the bill sit on his desk for 10 days. He's just silent. Mm -hmm. It becomes law as if he had signed it. Silence consent. So if a church member's silence gives consent to wedding vows, it gives consent to other things. And if they're killing babies in the community and the church members are silent, they're giving consent to killing babies. And if you give consent to sin, you're an accessory and you'll be judged. So Leviticus 20, any Israelite who sacrifices a child to Molech is to be put to death. If the members of the community close their eyes when that man sacrifices one of his children to Molech, I myself will set my face against him and his family and will cut them off from Israel. And you have uh, Acts 22. Apostle Paul's talking to the Lord. And when the blood of 
Thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting to his death. Paul did not throw a stone. Paul did not say a word. But he knew he was guilty for the death of Stephen just by standing there silent. Proverbs 24. Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to death. Don't stand back and let them die. Don't try to disclaim responsibility by saying you didn't know about it. For God who knows all hearts knows yours, and he knows you knew, and he will hold everyone accountable for his deeds. As, as you're pointing out, Bill, it's, it's, such a, it's such a violation, right, of, of biblical law that we would stand by and be silent. You know, uh, Bonhoeffer, we talk a lot about Bonhoeffer with, with TPUSA Faith. Um, you know, that silence is consent. Not taking action is taking an action here. But it even goes against natural law. If, if we examine this and, and and look at just an individual and we say, uh, you know, he, he noticed that there was a leak in his house, uh, but he didn't want to really deal with that. So he just turned a blind eye to it. Do we, do we applaud that individual? If, if we're looking at parents and, and we say, no, they, they just consent to every whim and wish of their children. Do we applaud that type of behavior? And the obvious answer is no, we don't, right? This is not, it goes against our, our biblical understanding where we get our moral, our, our morality, where we get our laws from, but also just from that natural law that we look at and we say, no, you've got to take an action in every aspect of your life, whether it's your marriage, your parenting, your job. If you consent to, if, if the job, if church and state right here, if Gabe decides that he wants to convert to Islam and that he wants to start talking about uh, the Quran and, and the practices that, that, are, that are talked about in that book, and I just silently accept that, I'm accepting this 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 arrangement now, and Church and State is going to take a dive, honestly, with our with our fans. So it's it's such a violation of everything that we know to be true, and it's a coward's reaction for a church member for clergy to say, uh, "We don't talk about politics. We don't get engaged in that system." You know the verse everyone knows: "Love your neighbor as yourself." Leviticus nineteen eighteen. The verse right before it says, "Confront your neighbor directly, so you will not be held guilty for their sin." Mm -hmm. Another translation says, rebuke your neighbor directly, and you will not incur guilt because of him. New Testament, it says, if your brother sin, rebuke him. And so um, the um, story in Numbers 20, Moses and Aaron are at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord says, uh, gather the assembly, thou and Aaron, and speak to the rock, water will come out. Well, they gathered the assembly. Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock tw twice. Water came out abundantly. End of the chapter, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron will not enter the land because both of you rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. It's like both? Yeah. Aaron didn't think he didn't say anything. Yeah, that's just it. He heard God tell Moses, speak to the rock. When Moses lifted up the rod the first time and hit the rock, it probably took Aaron by surprise. When Moses lifted up the rod the second time, Aaron knew what was coming. And he did not protest. He didn't say, well, Moses, hold it. I was there at the door. I heard God say, speak to the rock. No, he was silent. And in that instant, Aaron was guilty. Moses's was a sin of commission. Aaron's was a sin of omission. That's good. And, and so they have a tactic. The tactic is to guilt trip Christians into silence so that they can teach their kids an anti-Christian gospel. Yeah. They say, if you're really Christian, you'll be silent while we teach the trans agenda yep. and mutilate these kids. Question, would Jesus teach that? We know what Jesus taught, Matthew 19. He who made them in the beginning made them male and female. Mm -hmm. So they're telling you, if you're really Christian, you will be silent while we teach your kids something Jesus would never teach the kids. Yet Jesus said, if you cause one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, better that a millstone be put around your neck and you'd be thrown in the depths of the sea. I mean, think of the idiocracy. School counselors who cannot even define what a woman is 
think they can tell a little boy he's supposed to be a girl? You can't even define a girl. How are you doing? So I think it's going to be a rude awakening for church members who think they are being spiritual by not getting involved. When they realize by their silence, they're giving consent to all that, they're inviting the judgment of God on their heads. Amen to that. Uh, Bill, we've run out of time. I wanted to make sure that you were able to plug your website, AmericanMinute.com. You've written a number of books. There's a number of videos on here as well. And you have a new book. Please tell us about. Um, Well, uh, my website's AmericanMinute.com. A lot of what I talked about is in a book called Who is the King in America? And I'm I'm working on another one, but I don't have it out yet. Uh, Another one's called Believe. And I give the gospel from God's point of view. And he's a just God. He has to judge every sin, but he's a loving God that he provided the lamb to take the judgment for the sin. And that book's called Believe. But um, And I sent a a history email that people can sign up for, and it's called AmericanMinute.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, sir. I mean, I'm blown away by the content uh, that you provided here. So we're going to definitely have to have you back, sir. I look forward to it. Thank you. Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Pastor Gabe. A calm does not suit me. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire. MyPillow.com has got more than just pillows. You've got your slippers, your bathrobes. You have towels that actually dry you off, not the kind you buy at Walmart where it's just kind of a slick mess. Uh, They have got some of the best products out there. The sheets are absolutely incredible. I think it's a thousand count. It's it's the best products you can buy. And the pillows even have silencer technology in it. And so if if you need a day where you're just going to scream into your pillow, don't worry, your neighbors won't hear you. Why would you want to go to Bed Bath & Beyond? First of all, they're out of business. You want to go support an American-made product, go to MyPillow.com. And then you're also supporting one of the nation's most, I would say, Jesus-filled and a company that is completely, completely built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're getting a two-for-one there. You know you've wanted good night's sleep for years. You're you're, you're tossing, you're turning. Just go now. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Church and State. C-H-U-R-C-H-A-N-D-S-T-A-T-E. That's church and state. You do not want to eat synthetic meat. If you if you can grow a meat in a lab, if, if you want to go ahead and have Soylent Green on the table, feel free to eat this garbage that Target's trying to throw out. But if you want actual meat that's been freeze-dried, it's been then processed by actual human beings, go to griddownchowdown.com. Look, the World Economic Forum has declared a war on red meat. They hate the cows. They hate the cow farts. There is supply chain issues. And uh, for me, you can pry my steak from my cold, dead hands. If you want a meat that's going to last freeze-dried 10 years or more, this is the product you want. I want all of you to go to griddownchowdown.com. Use the promo code Church and State. These are fantastic freeze-dried raw beef. The blood is still in it. You just rehydrate it and add it to your favorite meal and you are ready to go. And remember, the Holy Word of God tells us, for one person has faith to eat all things, while another who is weak eats only vegetables. That's Romans 14.2. The doctor that I'm 
recommend for all of your needs is the underground clinic doctor, Dr. Troy Spurl. Because Dr. Troy is the best doctor bar none. You know, this is the great thing about officialsignups.com is it's in all 50 states. You don't have to be in, in Michigan or Minnesota. You can be in Hawaii, you can be in Florida, and you can find a doctor that you can trust. If you are still wearing a mask, if you have rolled up your sleeve and gotten all the jabs and all the boosters, then official signups is not for you. You want to go find the, one of those big pharma doctors that'll give you all the prescriptions you want and you can live a very sickly life. Well, if you're looking for a, a doctor for yourself or maybe a doctor for your family or a doctor who's not going to push vaccines on you, you want to go to officialsynapse.com. You for sure need to mention church and state when you go to officialsynapse.com to take part in all the savings, all the great deals for you and your family. With the rise of the BRICS nations, uh, you've got a lot of nations that are gathering together and they're all doing a gold-backed currency. The United States is not, and uh, the petrodollar is starting to fail. And my suggestion to all of you would be to get behind gold and silver because that is the currency that is always going to have value. I might not be a gold or silver guru, but I want to have something tangible in my hands at the end of the day. So I would definitely recommend every one of you go to BH dash pm.com all you got to do is look around and see that the price of of everything is increasing gold and silver is on the rise it's being artificially suppressed you want to schedule a consultation right now so that your families don't end up in the bread line and you're saying please sir can i have some more stop waiting what are you waiting for four years from now prices are going to be absolutely astronomical go to bh dash pm.com get a consultation now you definitely want to mention church and state. It will get you the best prices. It will get you the best consultation advice. Use church and state when you go to bh-pm.com. This was sacred to God. Now the time to This is exactly why I need some action for my people. Hello, everybody. It's an honor to be with you.